talkers good evening good day good afternoon welcome to we just talking um tonight have another special guest y'all can already fill in the blanks about what i'm about to say how i am so excited for you all to meet her at my friend so fine on with me tonight and y'all we about to get into it so help me welcome so fine well talkers help me introduce or welcome help me welcome so fine to we just talking hey girl welcome Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Tia. Hey, everybody. So fine. Uh, so just before we get sounds. into it, just how it sounds. Just yes, so fine. Yeah, so F-I-N-E. And so there's not a lot to it. I, I always tell people my parents were either really in love or very high. One of the two, but I am the product of that. And <laughs> that's just what it is. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> so, um, Introduce yourself a little bit more to the people. So we know you were so fine because they saw you and they fell in love. Tell, introduce everybody to to you. <sighs> to me, who's so fine, the person. Um, I am what I call myself a survival strategist. I recently wrote um, a journal, a 13-month journal on my process, which is called Planning to Survive. And just the before and after divorce and kind of coping with that and watching life over the past year. I am new to Dallas. That is how I know Tia. We met um, via social Dallas, whoop, whoop, social Dallas. And so um, I've been in Dallas about 13 months now, coming from Washington, D.C. And um, it's definitely been a journey. I'm very appreciative to have the opportunity to even share the journey by way of journaling the process and just letting people know and encouraging them that you will get through it. Um, stuff happens and most often it does not kill us. It does not make us stronger all the time either. Sometimes it, it makes us weaker and it's okay to be weak in those moments and to be vulnerable with yourself. And it's okay to start all over. Starting over doesn't mean that it's over all the time. It just gives you like a clean slate and it's just been really, really good. It started off rocky, but it's been good. And I've met some great people, Tia included, and I'm here. Well, I'm glad you are here. Um, I've never told you this story before, so I'm going to tell you right now. Um, so Casey met you first. I don't even know if you remember, but it was at the um, Connect group. It was like, you know, the Connect group thing. And mm -hmm. she said that they put y'all in like groups and y'all had to go around and introduce yourself. She was like, that was a girl there. Her name was so fine. And people asked her, where did her name come from? And, you know, you, she told me what you said, what you just said. And she was like, <laughs> she seems like she's really cool. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then fast forward like a couple of weeks and you were in the connected group with me. Mm -hmm. And that was the one where we were meeting on Saturdays. And I was like, I gotta make her my friend. <laughs> I oh, need to nice. figure out how she's gonna okay. be my friend. And then here we are today. Because after yes. that first meeting, I was like, no, I, I need to know her. And so I'm just gonna <laughs> keep popping up and be like, hey girl, hey girl. <laughs> it's been well. You are a great friend. You are a great friend. Yes, I was like, I, I gotta get to know this woman because. Um, you're so funny. Your name is so fine, but you are so funny. You are one of the funniest people I know. Just because, uh, <laughs> well, one, how you deliver a story. 
like okay. how I you deliver story. But I mean, you, it's it's just everything about you, the joy that is with you, and then the laughter that it brings to me. So I'm glad Very that you're good. here with me tonight, so that um, all the talkers can get to know you also. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me. And hello to all the talkers, all the talkers. And before we get started. Um, you know, people do watch this from time to time, so they are going to wonder what is behind you. That is my Christmas tree. And it is, <laughs> listen, let me tell you something. I decided, I'm, and I'm adjusting my, my laptop, and mm -hmm. I feel like looking at Tia's picture and how clear and nice it is that my laptop is old. You know how you don't know something is old till you realize somebody has something better than you? <laughs> That's the this moment that I am enough. having because we wiped off this camera and everything. And it's still, I still feel like she's on an iPhone and I'm on an Android, an old Android. Well, Looking I mean, this, I do use an iPhone and you do use an Android. Your tree is very pretty. Yes, that's my tree. And she's she's six six foot two inches and um she's she's kind of tall and thin like me. So yes, we kind of like work. Uh, yeah, I, work I together. found out. When I moved to Dallas, that so many simple things like really made me happy. A tree mm -hmm. being one of them. So my tree went up prior to Halloween. And today is Saturday, April the 22nd. And my tree is still up. And it will be up until I decide otherwise. But it makes me happy. I love cutting off the lights. If you guys can see just a little bit of the view um, oh, yeah. from downtown. But I love cutting off my lights at night and getting on my little pink little sofa and turning my tree on, which also has pink ornaments. And so it just makes me feel good. Do what makes you feel good. Even yes, if it's do. unorthodox or people are like, you can't have, who told you you can't have a tree up? All I mean, you can have, you're not the only one who loves to have a tree up. Yeah, a tree um, makes me feel good. Pastor Taylor has her tree up. Pastor Taylor does have her tree up still. And what, what y'all gonna say about that? Nothing. So leave it's, us out of it. If you don't want your tree up, that's Take it fine. down. <laughs> but this tree is going to be out. This tree is out. Jesus is risen. Out. Jesus has risen. <laughs> Jesus was born. He, he lived his whole 32 years. He did. Died and resurrected. Yes. Also, I can have a tree up. And yes. so that's that. That's so funny. So tell us about, um, tell us about your journal, um, your plan to survive. Whew. Um, I got the idea for a journal in early February last year, which was so weird because um, I had just had a birthday, January the 23rd, and it was maybe like the last week of January, the very first week of February that I believe Holy Spirit showed me about just journaling my journey. And I was like, well, what journey am I on? I'm married and, mm -hmm. you know, um, I live in a great home in a great neighborhood. I have a great job. And so, you know, what journey is this? And I thought it was going to be um, a lot of information about like my past and things that I have gone through as a child and childhood trauma and all of that stuff. And that stuff is included in yeah. the journal as well. But I also, right after getting that revelation, um, had gone, began to go through the process of, divorce and so when I originally got the idea which was maybe a week or so before there was no talk of divorce although yeah I had the idea for the journal things were pretty decent 
Um, they weren't good. It was not the best, but there was no reason for me to think that there was anything going on in my life that would produce a journal. And so yeah. that was plainly as put. And maybe about a week or so later, um, divorce was on the table and I found myself journaling about the process and just kind of just making sure that I jotted down everything that I was feeling and every emotion and, and the connections thereof. And about three, four months later, there was a full journal of not just the process of divorce, but things that had happened in childhood and different stories that had been shared with me over the years. And um, planning to survive definitely came out of a place of not knowing what was going to happen with my life. And so that's how I got to Dallas. I believe that the Lord showed me Dallas and um, less than 30 days later, I was here. And I've been here in no time. I mean, it was within no time. It had to be the Lord. Like I, I don't like to be spooky to people and don't like yeah. to turn them off. And so I'm very particular about my wording, but honestly, it really was the Lord. It yeah. was nothing else. There was no other encounters. It was the Lord. It was between Phoenix and Dallas and Charlotte. And the Lord just really kept highlighting um, Dallas to me. But when I looked for the plane ticket, it was like a thousand dollars. And I was like, who's going to come to Dallas for 900 and something dollars? The Lord could not have shown me Dallas. Like maybe yeah. I'm tripping. I can go ahead on to Phoenix or um, Charlotte and all of these places I had never lived. So yeah. all of them would be foreign to me. All of it would have been good. But um, about a week later, I woke up at my normal time for prayer. But instead of praying, I believe I was um, pushed to look again for the plane tickets. And it was $74 yes. and some change for a round trip ticket to Dallas and I knew then this is where I needed to be. So I booked the flight and a couple of weeks later traveled and um, found me a place. Just like that. Didn't get a job, didn't get <laughs> no man, nothing. Found me a place and um, Dallas it was. And so that took place on uh, March the 7th of 2022. Yes. And so you just celebrated your one year here in Dallas. Yes, my Dallaversary. Dallaversary. I, I don't live in Dallas. I live in Dallabasis. Dallabasis. I live in Dallabasis. Oh. It is the equivalent to Calabasas. Got it. Those okay. who know in California. Those who California. live in Dallabasis know that there's a difference between living in Dallas and living in Dallabasis. Well, I don't know. I don't even live in Dallas. Because you don't live in Dallas. That's why I, I don't tell live you. in No, no. Yes. You don't live in Dallas. I don't. You know, um, we have some friends. Well, they're more like family. They're like brothers. Well, they're married. So they're like our sister and brother-in-law. And um, they got a townhouse, like a second home, but like in Dallas. And so, you know, they can walk anywhere. And they're like, y'all just get you. Y'all buy one too. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me go ahead and... uh. Let me go ahead and buy this other house in Dallas. Although, you know, we do hang out in Dallas. Like on the weekends, it would be nice mm -hmm. to have somewhere just to go stay for the weekend and not have to. But then when will we do our grocery shopping? So there's that. You just yeah. will do it another day, friend. It <laughs> there's not enough days in the week. 
You just not do it another day. There's more than enough days. I'm telling you, you guys be playing too much. There's more than enough. You're probably days. right. You're probably yeah. right. Um, I get in my head and think that I'm busy. Oh, and okay. I'll be like, oh, I got so many things to do. You and then, you really legit are like that though. I I know. I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah. exaggerating. Like I have yeah. so many things to do. I can't do anything because I gotta yeah. paint my nails. I don't know. And but, you know how so, I feel about that. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very busy all the time though. Mentally busy, mentally busy. I am. But um, so with your plan to survive, I had it wrong. So I thought it was a place where like you had created a journal where people could go in and journal. But is it more like, like a book to read? So there's two parts to it. There is a freestyle writing journal and then uh -huh. there's another portion that is actually a planner and it takes you through 13 months it takes you through 13 months of encounters and circumstances and what could be and i walk you through that process with personal stories and strategies and then i have um, a couple other people who shared stories about different things that they've overcome and that they've survived and we just offer that that bit of advice just to give you that push during okay. those uncomfortable seasons because a lot can happen in a year i mean a lot. this year really flew past i yeah. i did not initially think that i was going to make it like i was being brave and i really was operating in faith because faith is my thing but mm -hmm. there were some days where i literally was just like my pillow was soaking wet because i was yeah. like lord this ain't this ain't it. Is. Is what you called me to yeah and so um those things are highlighted, that, mm -hmm. that process and, and walking through divorce. What about, you know, there are a lot of people who I, I hear talk about divorce and they're okay with it, but what happens when you're not? What yeah. happens when this is, for me, I, I took it to the Lord and I was like, God, but I'm faithful. I pay my tithes. I don't miss church. I'm a minister of the gospel. I was preaching and teaching and doing things, but my yeah. household was in shambles. So like, what, what about me? How do you yes. get to do this? This is the one thing that I asked you for. I desired this man to be mm -hmm. my husband and I don't get to have this. The mm. exact word that I got for coming to Dallas was go in peace. So I left mm -hmm. and I didn't get alimony. I didn't take anything that I didn't come in with. I didn't ask for anything. It literally, I remember something so, so funny. Um, my ex-husband had wrote me a 30-day notice. And and listen, I am not bashing him. We're not doing that because we are really, really yeah. good. Y'all are on good terms, yes. Know, yeah, you know me, you know <laughs> things happen. And I'm, I'm going yes. to share this without being spooky with people. Some stuff has to happen the way that it happens for it to get to where it's supposed to get to or for yes. us to get to where we're supposed to be. Yes. And so... What took place with he and I during that time, it could not have happened any other way. Anyone mm -hmm. that knows me knows I would have never left. I would have never left DC. I would have never left my marriage. I would have never walked away without a fight. But mm -hmm. this was no fight. This mm -hmm. was the Lord said nothing. You get nothing. You get to say nothing. You get to do nothing. You get to be nothing. This is nothing. It, it was the the most humility that I have ever had to exhibit in my life. And so when mm. he wrote me a 30 day notice and he told me like, yo, 30 days and you up out of here. 
I believe it was February the 5th. Yeah. And so, yes, it was February the 5th. He wrote this notice to me about having 30 days. And um, what happened was I saw the notice because he he posted them up, one on the garage door, one on the front door, like <laughs> anywhere where I would have access to. And like an eviction notice. Basically, basically, that's what it was. Again, we are not bashing him because he is. We are not. <laughs> but he did this. And yeah. so um, I remember snatching a letter and going into our bedroom. And we hadn't slept together in weeks. I was in one of the guest bedrooms. Yeah. And I was like, I am your wife. You don't get to tell me to leave. And Holy Spirit literally supernaturally imposed himself upon me in that moment and said, shut up. Mm. And I had to go back and go to him, walk back down the steps after I did all the neck and all the fingers yeah. and tell him, I apologize. Mm. I will adhere to everything that you've stated in this notice. I am sorry yeah. for talking to you like that. He didn't acknowledge me. He didn't look mm. up to say anything. And mm. that was it. And from then on, it was like 30 days of... <laughs> Of silence. Torture oh my goodness, girl. For weeks, for weeks, and let me say, there was always something going on in our marriage, mm -hmm. but it had not gotten to the point where he was um staying out ever until yeah. January of 2022. Mm -hmm. He would go out for oh, it was like a week. Oh my gosh, just be gone. And so I knew that something different had happened. Um, yeah. And so there was nothing I really could do about that other yeah. than really just submit and surrender to the Lord. So after um, he gave me that notice, like normal, like the normal that he had created, mm -hmm. he was gone. After that, maybe the next couple days or so, he left for about a weekend. Because now it's like I made, I made it clear. We're not going to be together. So I can do yeah. whatever. Mm. And so it's funny because during that time, the Lord speaks to me and, and gives me a word. And I haven't told anybody that I'm leaving because I just, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear yeah. what God has to say. And um, one of my girlfriends, I did share with that was married. She and her husband, they've been married just as long as I've been alive almost. And she yeah. was just like, oh my God. And she always can say something to kind mm -hmm. of like calm it down. And she's like, you want me to send my husband over there and talk? Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> So it was, it was one of, it was a very, that 30 days was crazy. And then we got to this place, like maybe two weeks. And I want to say it was Valentine's day that mm -hmm. I stopped at Chick-fil-A on my way home. And, um, I left Chick-fil-A on the stove, which was for me because I was getting in a shower and kind of just washing the day off. Girl, mm -hmm. I got out of that shower. Mind you, I haven't talked to him in weeks. Yeah. I've been home. Yeah. And so I got out the shower. My Chick-fil-A was gone. Oh, no. Not the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I thought you had bought it for me. <laughs> Why? We never talked in two weeks. You thought it was Valentine's Day and I just magically I'm you. <laughs> but when I tell you, he was like, I'm going to go get you something out. Dude, no, don't do nothing for me. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I had to ride back out and it was so cold. DC is cold in February. I had to ride I back bet. out and go and get get me some Chick-fil-A. And he was like, you want me to pay for it? No, we're good. And I 
went back upstairs and ate my Chick-fil-A and got in the bed. But it was so crazy to me that even in his thought process, he thought that- Oh, this is for me. I got the Chick-fil-A for him. I'm gonna have to ask him about that. Like, what was your thinking? Or you did you just not care so much that she was like, whatever she says, who cares? She'll be leaving, whatever. Oh know. no. So did you take all 30 days? Yes, I left on, um, actually I, I took 28 because you know, February is that tricky month. It robs yes. us. Yes, yes, and yes. So, um, I left on March the fifth, mm. and um, I packed up my car with whatever I could get in it, and drove to Texas. So I arrived in Texas on March seventh, March fifth, the afternoon I left, and I I drove almost eighteen hundred miles. Oh my goodness! And if you know me, I've never I had never driven over maybe a couple hours. Um, Alone. I hate driving. I yes. hate driving here. Like coming to your house, I'd be like, man, they they lucky I like them. Because <laughs> it is a drive. Anything over 30 minutes, it could be 30 minutes and six seconds. I am irritated after mm -hmm. that 30-minute mark. So it, the Lord really was with me as I drove because I was like, wow. He was preparing you for Dallas because nothing is less than 30 minutes around here. But yeah, everything is 30 minutes. Good. Yeah, that's why I love the downtown area because outside yeah. of me knowing people, I don't leave my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, everything is in walking distance or a 10-minute drive. All my favorite yeah. Yeah. Well, there's lots of places over there, but like if you want to go to your friend's house. And any, all of any my of friends them. live everywhere except for Dallas. I have not a friend in Dallas. But Jesus, <laughs> I got Jesus. Let me see. Jesus. <laughs> you Jesus on the main line. You got to throw a little bit of deep in there. Yes, yes, yes. I can't believe I would have been so stressed. Like I probably would have been walking around silent for 30 days. Um and so so stressed out. And so that's how you kind of know it was the Lord because he gave you that peace. Um like you know, anytime you're in a situation and if, if you don't have peace about it, you know the Lord's not in it. Because yeah. if he's ordering those steps, you're gonna have that peace beyond understanding. And you know. He brought you to Dallas. He made you leave what was familiar. As you know, we've heard so many sermons talk about, like, in order to get into the full fullness of what the Lord has for you, you have to leave what's familiar. Yes. And go somewhere else before he can pour out that blessing. And, you know, we've been believing for some big blessings over the past few weeks. Yeah. And, um, Standing in expectation, standing in expectation for it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you have motivated me to do, and that's what we got to talk about, uh -oh. is um, okay. start start dating. Um, that's one of the things that you have motivated me to do. So we are years separated from the divorce. So, you know, the Lord is healing and doing the a Lord new thing. The Lord has healed. The Lord yes. has healed. He has been kind and he has healed. Yes. And so you you motivated me um, as you were talking about like changing and, and trying out these new things and dating. And um, it's still frightening to me. But every time I talk to you, it, it, you make it not frightening, but it is frightening to me. Ah. So tell me your thought process behind this online dating thing. Oh my gosh. Online dating is so ghetto. I had never dated online. My ex-husband and I were married for almost three years. 
dated on and off for almost 17 years. We did about a good 10 straight, broke up for maybe a year, got back together for like four or five years, broke up mm -hmm. a year, got back together two or three years and then got married. But um, so I didn't have... Um, I didn't have this understanding of dating because there was yeah. always him. And even yes. when we and I would break up, I never got really attached to anybody else because I knew always that he was going to be my husband and, and vice yeah. versa. So although he went on and, and did things with other people and, and dated and stuff, both of us were never really exclusively with anyone else. So that was like a big thing with me coming to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And putting myself out there and getting on dating apps. And, and I had been on dating apps until recently, until I joined this crazy group called Girl, <laughs> Are We Dating the Same Guy? The, <laughs> the post in that group made me delete every single dating app I had. My goodness. Just that crazy. Uh, it was just that crazy. Anywho, um, it's funny that we will be talking about dating because Tia gets... She gets me in my ramblings with dating sometimes, but I do, let me say, let me encourage people who are looking to get into the dating scene to try an app. And if you, if you don't want to get on an app, try friends. Like there's always some guy that somebody knows, go out, try it. If it doesn't work, it's not a big deal. Um, being in the dating world, also be mindful of like what dating looks like for you. Because if you're dating a man, and he's dating a couple people because that's what you do before you get exclusive. You date and see if you like this person. You do mm -hmm. not have to have these crazy two or three hundred dollar dinners. You don't. Um, no, you do not. And and I and I'm saying that and Tia knows me like I'm one of them girls. <laughs> I am one of them girls. Like I had these men in Texas taking me on two or three hundred dollar dinners, and I knew it wasn't going anywhere midway. But yeah. as I, I got, um, I just kind of started dealing with the identity of who I am and as a, a daughter of Christ and what dating again is going to look like. It really made me be empathetic to the process and, and who I'm in that process with. So I started mm -hmm. saying stuff like meeting up for a cup of coffee or yes. just kind of getting to see a person and doing like... Um, a walk in a park, something that doesn't take a lot, maybe some ice cream, just being mindful of that. Because if you, even as a woman, it's exhausting to date three or four people to figure out if you like them. I don't want to do that. No more than a man wants to spend two or $300 per date, three or four dates per, per week. And that's, that's expensive. No interest. I had no interest in people. I had to literally start pulling out my credit card and splitting dinners with people because I knew it wasn't going to go any further. That was yeah. my heart behind it. And mm -hmm. so, um, and then uh, child, it, it, dating and DFW is so, so ghetto. I hope the person that I'm getting ready to talk about, I hope you see this and you know how ghetto you are. Oh my gosh, what you are you are talking about? <laughs> what are you about to say? <laughs> I'm about to talk about this dating stuff because you didn't you done brought it up and you shouldn't have. <laughs> I brought it up. <laughs> Y'all men, come on. It, th this whole little new thing with love bombing and ghosting and like stop wasting the girl's time. It's crazy mm -hmm. because really- Some people I, might not know what love bombing is. I just found out. Well, I don't I really know. So you tell me, me. Maybe you've been love bombed. And I was like, what is that? That's dumb. No, I haven't. 
But um, sure. after reading so many stories about it, maybe. Anywho. What is um, love bombing? Because I, I, I'm the people that don't know. Okay. Now let me let me go. Let me go to I want to give you my perspective on it and then I'm gonna give you what the definition of it says. So my okay. perspective of it has been like somebody intentionally acting like their intention is love and long-term relationship. And they're doing uh -huh. all the things that you like. So it depends okay. on what you like. If you are a woman who likes attention and a man picks up on that, you'll give yeah. you attention. If okay. you are a woman who likes gifts and a man is financially able to shower you with gifts, you'll get yeah. gifts. Um, if a man is one of those men who understands that this woman in particular likes to spend time, he'll make time for you. Um, okay. so all of the things that will cause you to feel like, oh my God, this is, this could be something. Yeah. That's what I'm finding out is happening amongst a lot of women. And it's, it is so heartbreaking to the point where I'm in a group, um, like not dating certain men in this area. And I find myself in there praying, like literally calling out people's names in prayer. Oh, wow. The stories are so heartbreaking because we really were designed to be in in relationship with another yes. person so when yes. we think that we connect in that way with someone and we don't it really is it's shattering and yeah. if you're a person like I was in past that struggled with rejection you mm -hmm. can internalize it differently one of the things that was so freeing for me with struggling with rejection was Holy Spirit gave me a clear example of what rejection looked like and um, he was like, "You nobody can reject you because they didn't create you. And I was like, wait, yeah. wow, I've heard rejection all my life. And I've had mentors and people that I've trusted to talk about this thing and speak yeah. this thing over me and say, oh, that's just rooted in rejection. And I took it on because that's what I thought it was. But nothing that didn't create you can't reject you. Like, unless the Lord rejects me, I am not rejected. But you can choose not to have me in your personal space. You can choose yeah. not to be a friend. You can choose not to be my spouse. Those things are choices, but it is yeah. not rejection. But we take it on and we internalize it as rejection and we're not good enough and we're not this. I and did it, something and, wrong. Yes, I did something wrong. And, and most of the times it's not. These people are just nuts. Yeah. A lot of times people are just, they already have their agenda. They know what they're going to do. And there would have been nothing that you could have done differently yeah. to make them want you because it's yeah. just who they are. But, it's a game. Um, it is a game. Rejection was highlighted for me when um, I drive a Tesla. And so I saw an article about Elon Musk rejecting a particular model of car that was supposed to come out. And so it was on the assembly line. It was all ready to go. But he decided that it was not ready or there, there was some things that was missing and he rejected yeah. it. And so when the Holy Spirit showed me that and brought me to that particular article, Elon Musk could reject the Tesla because he made the Tesla. Uh -huh. Somebody who made a Ford could not come on the assembly line and say, oh, I reject this model. Yes. Ford didn't make that model so they can't reject it. The Ford company owner can choose not to make a car that mimics a Tesla, but it cannot choose to reject the Tesla because it doesn't own the rights to it to yes. do that. And so that's how Holy Spirit showed me rejection and told me that I had allowed people to falsely say things and project things on me that I had been carrying for years. And so uh -huh. instead of being able to healthily separate- Ooh, girl, you're about to speak to my, I already feel it. Yeah. I was like, I feel like you- 
<laughs> instead of healthily mm -hmm. being able to separate from a relationship with girlfriends or with the old spouse, mm. I took it so personal because I thought it was rejection and it wasn't. It was a person making a choice for them what was mm -hmm. best for them. Yes. And they get to do that. And we have to stop taking something that is so small and making it so big. You know what? Yes. You don't want to be friends anymore. I don't fit that space in your life anymore. Your season has changed. Understood. Yeah. Does it hurt? Yes. It does not mm -hmm. change that it hurts. It does not change that it doesn't feel good, but we should yeah. be carrying it around 29, mm -hmm. 39, 40 years and taking it into yeah. a relationship. Rejection to be something totally different than what it what it should be and so the actual definition of rejection is the dismissing or refusing of a proposal idea etc um so nobody gets to do that nobody gets to do that and um we can choose though and so yes. make sure that when we are stating things and and we're taking on different attributes and and different things that people say about us, some of them aren't true. And yeah. we'll begin to kind of feed that and continue to cultivate it. And it'll become a cycle and we'll turn into victims and stuff that we're not even yeah. being victimized in, you know. And then you just continue to carry it with you. That's the thing. Yeah. And um, one thing that I noticed for me personally, so uh, in probably my first relationship, sometimes it's not even the things that people say to you. It's how they handle you, mm. right? How they handle you and they handle you in a manner that makes you feel rejected. Yeah. And so I think it's hard. That's a little bit harder to let go of mm -hmm. because they might be saying all the right things, but their actions are showing you something different. Mm -hmm. And so then that messes with your head, I feel like more because you're like, well, dang, what am I not doing right? What am I not doing enough of? Am I, am I not showing that I love enough or I care enough, like what am I supposed to be doing? And then when you get your eviction notice, you don't even understand. Like you don't you even do understand not. it. You do not and understand so, that. Like I'd rather have words because I maybe not, but mm -hmm. maybe because you can tell yourself the words are not true. And you can speak mm -hmm. positive affirmations over yourself and you can remind yourself what the Lord says about you and who, who you are, you know, but when it's just like behaviors, how do you, how would you say you handle that? Behaviors are so different. Um, I, I look at so many things different now because I've gone through such a healing journey yeah. and um, I'm not as easily offended as I once was, but mm -hmm. I do, I do value how people treat me. And so if you are treating me in a good way, I'm thinking that there's something there. Yeah. You know, it may not be there. Some yeah. people are just nice. Uh, that's one of the things that my ex-husband and I used to talk about because I'm so smiley. If you know mm -hmm. me, it's like Tia said, I'm funny. <laughs> I'm always smiling. I'm always laughing. Yes. It could come off as flirtatious to some people. Yes. So it's, uh -huh. it's really all about perspective. I think that that's one of those things as we become adults and we kind of lean into who we're becoming and we get more safe with ourselves. Yes. That we, although we, we appreciate the way people treat us and we value those things, that mm -hmm. we also leave room for grace with them. Yes. Um, one of the things that really changed in the way that I allowed 
people to treat me was really was an encounter with the Lord and, and Holy Spirit told me it's not enough that God treats you well. You have to treat you well. Yes. I was like, I treat me by, by myself, all the things. And you know, <laughs> I drive a good car and I live in yeah. a good place and I've got a good job. And, but I really looked at like the treatment of myself and it mm -hmm. was not good. Like, how was I treating myself when I met, I, I, I gave myself a standard that was unrealistic and I didn't meet the metric and I felt like mm -hmm. I had failed or um, when I allowed people to say things to me that weren't kind and I didn't correct them in kindness yeah. and love or, you know, how I handled myself because I hadn't been safe with me. Yeah. And I didn't even know that. I'm, we think that oh, ooh, the Lord is good. Everybody. Oh, God is good all the time. If you say all the time, all the time, God is good. Like yeah. all that stuff. The Lord is good. Do not get me wrong. Yes. But he's created us in his image. So we have the capacity to be good to ourselves as well. And yes. we don't. Being good mm -hmm. to yourself could be something as simple as self-care day and, and getting your nails done or getting off of work an hour early to take a nap because you're exhausted. And those are the things that we kind of dismiss. But when somebody doesn't say the right thing to us, we're on zero to a thousand so quick because we're not good to us. So everything is offensive. And we're living in this hustle and bustle of life. And we're always trying to catch up. And we're always trying to make sure nobody says the wrong thing to us because we got it going on. And they know not to play with us. So yes. many cultural things that has nothing to do with our actual well-being. Yeah, that's that's so true. That's so true. I've gotten to the point, and I, I agree with that. And it's like, well, I'm good with me. I think God is good with me. So the things that you say... Most things I take with a grain of salt these days. Everybody think I'm too soft on this and that. I'm like, I just don't care. Like, it's, it's not, it has no bearing on me or my future. So I, I can't allow what you have to say to to upset me. Do I get That's in my head and think about stuff? It's not from a credible place. If yeah. it's not from a safe place, if it's not, one of the things um, that I'm very, very big on, if I call you friend, your friend enough to congratulate me, your friend enough to correct me. And the mm -hmm. same way that I welcome that congratulations is the same way I uh, I accept that correction. But yes. that's because we're in proximity, because yes. there is relationship. Yes. Joe Schmo on the street could not tell me anything to the capacity where it would make me be broken down. Yeah. And he told me something that make, made me think twice, like, okay, yeah. Hmm put that on the back burner. Maybe I yeah. can use that later because sometimes people do see us better than we see ourselves. But yeah. We're putting a lot of weight on things that aren't weighty. We're making them as heavy, that we're making them heavier than what they are. That's why we're yeah. always exhausted. That's why a lot of us are mean. That's why we're easily offended. That's why we can't long suffer. That's why we don't have any grace. And we're not yeah. merciful to other people. That's why we don't love our neighbors as we love ourselves because we don't even know how to love ourselves. So what we're projecting on our neighbors is actually how we feel about ourselves. There are so, so many things that I just learned in the last 13 months. Like the Lord yeah. really, but I called for it. I was, God, I was like, God, you got to kill it. You got to yeah. kill in me performance and you got to kill in me false pretension and false humility and all sorts of craziness. So many things that I recognized about myself. And, and um, it's just, it's really has been a journey that I don't think 
will ever be over. Will I get better in certain areas? Absolutely. But will it ever yeah. be over? I hope not. I hope yeah. not. I hope I die. Because I tell people I'm, I'm 39. I got 64 summers left. Yes. So I hope in my, even in my 64th summer that's coming, 64 plus my 39, I, I'm not living in yes. 64. Be real clear. I'm yeah, only yeah. 39 summers. Mm -hmm. I have 64 more to go. And so I'm going to be mm -hmm. 100 when I pass away. Okay. But I hope that I pass away still wanting to learn and to know and to grow and to be better. Yes. But yes. I never arrive. Never. Yeah. Well, no. Because once, if you feel like you have, then that's when you become like that weird person, think you're better than everybody else. And, you know, and I, it's something that I struggle with um, is trying to remain humble and not like, well, I have this or I have that. Like, I I, I got this figured out or I got that figured out um, and not being like a boastful or a pride, prideful person. Yeah. Because that's not what the Lord calls us to be. He calls us to to be humble, to exhibit humility and all those things. And I I'll, it creeps in. It does. Man, it, it creeps in. It creeps in. It will slap you in the face and you don't even know you're doing it. You know, yeah. um I was fasting this week. I've been fasting on and off this week. Yeah. In addition to what I had to share with you guys, but um, on my very first day of fasting, I believe, which was Monday or Tuesday, I was literally like in it. I was in it. And um, I like to keep a little journal with me so that I can just jot down stuff that comes to me. And and yeah. the Lord showed me like me. And, and he was he shared with me that you share you share with people more of the good you than you do of the good news. Mm. And I was like, oh. Not me, like I be praying and fasting for folks and <laughs> turning yeah. down my plate and staying at the church and giving rides and no, who, yeah. and the Lord, man, that thing hit me and I was like, who me? And he gave me clear, clear encounters and instances where I had done it, where I had the opportunity to share with people about the goodness of Jesus, but I, I chose to share the goodness of me. And mm -hmm. I just got that this week at 39. I was mm. so blown away and I was like, Lord, this, I had to really kind of struggle with him and go back and forth till he showed me because I was like, that can't be. And then he showed me, he was like, you be tired than me. You'll give people 90% of you and give them 10% of me. And I was like, okay, all right, I got you. <laughs> Turned my whole week upside down. I got quiet. I was like, I don't know. He was like, well, it, uh, I don't know. Not 90% of you and 10% of him. 90% was given 90%. 90% cuz you know whatever I got to do, I got to do it to to like the umpteen cow because I'm an overachiever cuz there's that performance again. But I didn't realize it until he gave me clear instances and I was like, "Dang. Dang. All right. Sorry about that, God." I think it's interesting that you say that that that's part because when I think of you, when I think it's so fine, me and Casey were actually talking about it last night, driving uh -huh. home, I was talking about it. Because I was like, everybody needs a so fine in their life. I was like, so fine, this is how I described you to Casey. It's so fine as Kayla. <laughs> Did you ever listen to Kayla? No. <laughs> okay. So fine. Kayla's slogan is positive and encouraging. 
And when I think of you, that's what I think. I think you are so encouraging. I think you are so positive. And I told Casey last night, and that's when I was like, she's Kayla. And she was like, well, she said she liked Kayla. <laughs> so I was like, well, that is so fine. And then I was like, but the thing is, is that um, I was like, your faith and how you share your faith and how we have to stand firm and pray and believe and then bombard heaven for what we're asking for. Like it's rubbing off on me. And I'm like, we need friends like this that like yeah their faith ignites your faith mm -hmm. and then you know it's like where now we both ignited and the lord has to be in the middle of it mm -hmm. because this is where the source is coming from and so to hear you say that you're giving 90 percent of you and 10 percent, i guess i only know the 10 percent yeah, and i received it you, you get, <laughs> i thank god for people like you that got the 10 because I, I when he gave me accounts, I couldn't even say though that wasn't me. It was like <laughs> it was clear, and I was like, "Dang, all right." So you know, it just it just causes you to reset and realize like yeah. everything that I have is because of the Lord, and He is so yes. gracious that He allows me to live like a rock star lifestyle. Like I live, I live yes. a lifestyle that could have only been given to me by God. And, and yeah. I just need to remember that. Like, it's okay to share that. It's okay yeah. literally to tell people like, I live a lifestyle rock style, but not putting a period there. I yeah. live a lifestyle that is so grand because I serve a God that's just that grand, that yeah. my desires and my wants matter to him. That although he supplied all of my needs according to his riches and glory, he's so gracious that he even supplies once. He goes beyond that and gives me desires. Like the sentence just does not need to stop. It is a continual. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a, a comma instead of a period. Yes. And that's what I saw. That's what I saw. Like, okay. And and it was, it's been very, very intentional this weekend and me doing such. And, um, I think the Lord is, is going to be glorified, but it was, I'm glad that I had that encounter because yeah. I, you know, I don't know how you're one of the 10, but what about one of the 90 in that 90% yeah. um, percentile that I yeah. could have shared something that ignited or increased their faith. But I wanted yes. to talk about me living on the 38th floor in Dallas and the downtown view, you know, instead of saying, being the know, I remember being a little girl and being homeless and praying and praying that I would have a place to call home and, and wanting to live in certain neighborhoods. And the Lord has granted me something so magnificent. And they think that in that. that's totally yes. a different discussion, you know? Yes. Yes. So that's yes. what the Lord highlighted. And that's, that's what I'm grateful for. Um, mm -hmm. This week, because because the last few weeks have been tough. I have been mad about the dating scene and and all sorts of stuff. But this week was humbling and yeah, me some things and um, yeah. You asked me about dating and I said I wasn't going to share with you till we got on. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah. yeah. On, yes. She gets she gets all my dating mess. I just love so, it because I'm not doing it. I I keep trying, but I encourage okay. everybody to do it though and do it safely. Do it safely because I've heard some really, really crazy stories. Like take your own car, share your oh, location yeah. with somebody. Um, yeah. One of the things I do with my aunt and I just was told by one of my girlfriends because my aunt lives back in D.C. 
she's my favorite aunt. My, my girlfriend was like, but your aunt doesn't live in Dallas. So if something yeah. happens, yeah. why are you no, sharing You need her? to be sharing your location with I one was, of us. I was like, oh, okay. And when she said it, it made sense. She was like, are you uh -huh. crazy? I was like, I didn't think about it. Because my aunt is like a detective. She's a person that will literally be like, oh, I know his grandmama, his aunt, his father. That yeah, his father served in Civil War. His mother, oh was my gosh, aunt. like she's the Civil War. <laughs> that's the kind of aunt I got. So that's why I'm always like, oh, I'll share it with her. But yeah, yeah, I still need to um share it with people who have are close in proximity. Yeah, yes. close in proximity when I get. But I'm I'm off the dating thing, and I told you I read that crazy stuff, and then um. You need to get off of that too. Aside from the dating apps, you probably need to get off that Facebook page too. I probably do because it is traumatizing. I mm -hmm, read so much stuff. I was like, oh my God, what is happening to these people? But I'm not yeah. I'm not dating um anybody that I don't know anymore. I'm I'm just like, I'm not getting into that. Funny story. Last night, Black last Love night. Page. Yeah, what? last night. You what was the page? The Black Love page, and they just like highlight Black love from all over the world. I've never even heard of it. It's Facebook too. No, it is. It is Instagram, and they had like that story. They had that show with like the all the Black people sharing about their relationships and stuff on it. Like it's a no. very. Mm -mm, don't judge me. I see the judgment in your face. Don't this judge might me. be why you don't have no man. You. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just say that? What? Don't what get on the right now. I don't even understand just what just happened. Hold on. First of all, maybe make sure I'm saying that the page right. Yeah, it's the Black I, I, Love it don't page. matter what you're following it. I don't have it. I know I don't. It's the Black Love page. But anywho, they posted like this really funny but heartwarming video last night. And it was like, uh -huh. um, whenever I hear the garage opening, you see this lady running out to the car and her husband is like looking so 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 sweet and and he's he's embracing her and he looks like oh thanks babe for running out to the car so mm -hmm. my um ex-husband and I we always send each other the funniest videos and stuff like that like we really are really really good friends we are probably mm -hmm. best now that we're not married and yeah. we had the chance to go through our own individual healing processes get here yeah. Get um, get counseling. Yes. Go to a therapist. Don't let people tell you that all you need is Jesus. That is absolutely crazy. Jesus like, and therapy. Jesus and therapy. There, there, and and if you can, I have a therapist that is a believer, and so um she operates in in deliverance ministry and and things. So mm -hmm. it's it's really really good. But don't let people tell you you don't need therapy because you do. Relationships yeah. are traumatizing, even if it's yeah. not divorce especially you um when the divorce it, it's like it's like a death it's it's mm -hmm. something that was living it was connected to god it is covenant with god it's relationship with god and then there's that cutting of it no longer existing anymore and i had to become vulnerable and found the value in walking that process out and now yeah. I'm, like, I'm okay i'm okay yeah. i'm okay i'm okay because i was not okay and yeah. um anywho we share stuff and I shared it with him, but we hadn't talked in a, a week or so. Cause I, my thing is we don't need to talk every day. Like we don't need to talk together, every day. 
we do not need to talk every day. So anywho, I tell you. It can get confusing if you're talking every day. It can get very confusing and get very murky. And it can also, um, if you're dating other people, it really can be uncomfortable. Problematic. (laughs) You use the right word. It it can be problematic. I was dating dating a guy and my ex-husband was calling. He was like, what is he calling for? And I was like, because we talk. Why you need to talk to your ex-husband? He was literally like, like, nah, I'm not doing that with a woman. Like, you already still carrying the man last name. And I was like, the name didn't do anything to me. Who wants to go and get documents changed? That's still a lot of work, people. It is a lot of work. And if you're not putting no ring on my finger, sir. Anywho, I tagged him and I, I, I did a message in his post and I said, hey, um, and I added him and I said, oh my God, how I missed this sound. And he comes back on the same in response and says to me, um, come home now, please. I love you and I miss you. <laughs> so now 30,000 people with this clicks on this. All these people are liking our, our messages to each other. And nobody knows we're absolutely crazy in our minds and we're not together. Oh They're probably thinking like, I'm on vacation. Oh, this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. So mm-hmm. anywho... It's like 12 something at night, one something DC time. And I'm like, call me. And he was like, okay. So we call and we chatted for a few minutes. So he was like, man, you just need to come home, sir. That's not my home and I'm not coming home. But um, we wound up chatting chatting today and, and he texted me and was like, you know, because he knows like I am totally in love with social. Social yes. Dallas is the best church on this side of heaven. That's where you get to get, meet people okay. like Tia and her sister Casey and so many other beautiful people. Social oh, has been life changing and it has been very instrumental in my healing process and it has yes. been safe place. Um, yes. I, I can tell you and I stand on it and I can confirm it with my own relationships. Social is a safe place and I know that every church has not been safe because yes. I've come from places where, let me just be honest, I haven't been safe. Um, yeah. And I've come from organizations where they haven't been safe and haven't carried my information properly and held it close to them and prayed for yeah. them. But social has been that for me. So I refuse, unless the Lord is telling me that I need to move back to DC, I refuse mm-hmm. to go. So he's like, well, what if I fly you back to go to church? And I was like, every week. No, Weekly? That. Yeah. <laughs> Weekly? My ex-husband is like boss of all bosses. Let me say that. But that's a lot. That, that's, a, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's mentally too much. Yes, it's that's mentally a lot. too much. And funny part is, if I was the girl that I was last year like this, before the Lord really started doing a heart thing on me, and I really realized that as a woman of God who is like rooted and, and saturated and bathed in love, and I desire love, from Tia, I desire love in all of my relationships. Like I need yes. to know that there is love that exists. Had I not had that encounter with meeting people in social Dallas, I still would be the same materialistic woman that I, I came into Dallas with in the same mindset where he could yes. say, I could fly you back and you can and go to bet. church. And in, and in that mindset, mm-hmm. it would have been like, oh yeah, he boss of all bosses and he, mm-hmm. got a, he got a bag and he can fly me out. But now my soul is at stake and my soul is so interconnected to these people and and the yes. Lord that I'm seeing operate here. It's not even a possibility yeah. that I would move out of the city of Dallas. And so um he is moving to Dallas. 
And um, if we are going to try to give this a try and figure that out. So if, if you are watching this, you guys pray for us. Pause. We, we've divorced Pause. now. No, we've hold on. I know. <laughs> Ma'am. Ma'am. I know. We got to talk about it in depth offline, but. Yeah. Ma'am. Yeah, we're going we're going to see where it goes. If if you know me then you know that this is my my heart's desire and um I desire that even without me though that he is deliberate and that he is living a life that that is God-centered and God-filled and all of the things and so God. Oh, my, my Texas, so we we going to get we going to see if if Texas can rub off on him like it's rubbed off from me and that he can encounter the Lord, how I've encountered the Lord. So y'all that's social, if, if y'all are watching this, y'all be kind to him. He needs yes. um, oh, yeah. a community of love and, and community. And yes. I think honestly, just in knowing him, he's he's older than I am. He's in his 40s. But yes, the yes. community. Yeah, social has such a great community and um healing is very present there. The, it, yes. it, the Lord is very present there. And if I, it has been a place where no matter what I've asked the Lord for in that atmosphere, excuse me, he has shown himself. And um, even if it was a no, even if it was a no, you can't have this. I have mm -hmm. seen his hand upon that. And I think that such a community is going to make a difference. One of the it things does. that really changed my heart toward him, because I, I wasn't angry, but I definitely didn't want to consider being with him. Pastor Taylor and Pastor Robert did their very last message on relationships. Yes. And we always see one of the things that my very first pastor taught, my second pastor taught me was there could be an accident, but there'll be two different accounts. So I yes. could hit his car and I could mm -hmm. swear from my angle, it was this way. And she could swear that it was her way from, I was in the wrong from her angle and, and, and that's just a back and forth. It just becomes a back and forth. But then someone yes. has to come and mediate it and figure out who actually caused the accident. Yes. And so when I heard Pastor Taylor and Pastor Robert just so eloquently and, and graciously speak about their marriage and the things that they had endured in, in such a small fragment of time because they couldn't really go over everything, I was yeah. so convicted. I, I really mm. was convicted because I had been sharing a story that although it was very, very traumatic what I endured as far as like the 30-day notice and divorce and infidelity yeah. and those things, I am not excusing them. But I also realized in just listening to her process and how she was able to walk Pastor Robert through some very trying seasons, I yeah. did not. So I had all of this tenacity and zeal to be at the church and praying for other folk and doing all of these things and fasting and praying for other people. I didn't honor the Lord enough to take time out in my own marriage to say, God, this is something important to me. This person is important to me. I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray until I see your face. I did yeah. not do that. As a wife, I did not do that. And um, you know what? It's interesting that you say that like as you're describing this. Like you're at the church and you're praying for other people. You're fasting for other people, but you're not giving yourself that grace. And that's one thing that I hear, like especially like people that are in the ministry, like my pastor for 20 years in El Paso, like they were like a great example, right? 
and um, he, the church did not come before his family. So, you know, it's like God first, then family, then the church. Because the Lord doesn't want you to lose your family because you're serving him. Mm -hmm. Unless whatever is in your family is not in alignment with him. But he doesn't yeah. want us to lose our families. So if we're, like how they, they talked about in the, the message, if we're disordered, then of course it's going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. going to fall apart if we're disordered. So the foundation has to be God. That's why God, excuse me, that's why God has to be first. Yeah. And if God is not first with that foundation, then it's going to topple every time. Yeah. It's just a terrible game, terrible game of um, Jenga. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. you can't, can't build yeah. it. Yeah. Just like that example it. they gave with the boxes and how we build yeah. things. And, and, yes. and so it, just, it was very, very humbling. And I remember getting out of church that Sunday and calling him and we hadn't talked in months at that point, maybe mm -hmm. like a month. And I, and I said to him, like, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. because while he's a believer, I'm the one that was professing all of these things and going to church all the time and, and all of those things. But when it came to the simplicity of just forgiveness and marriage, I, I just was not capable of operating in such a way that would glorify God or that would cause him to rise up to the standard in which God created him in because there is no better way to show people Jesus than to love them. There yes. is no better way. When Jesus, mm -hmm. people love Jesus because he just showed so much love, even in his correction, even in a way that yes. he dealt with things, it, there was always love there. And as yes. I look back over our, our relationship and our marriage, there were many instances where I had the opportunity to display love and I didn't because my flesh was, was hurt. My flesh was wounded. And I, we have this attitude of how dare you do this to us or, you know, all of the things that are really, really important. Those things are important, but they're not more important than love. They're not yeah. more important than reconciliation. You know, the Lord, God sent down his only begotten son to die a death on a cross for us so that we can be reconciled to him. But in yeah. marriage, I couldn't even accept an apology in a real way, in a way that really glorified God, that would cause someone to see the Lord like they've never seen them before. Because my mm -hmm. flesh said, I am your wife. You don't get to treat me like this, but I am a daughter. I don't get to treat you like that either. And mm -hmm. we get that. We forget that when we're wounded and when we're offended, that we're still called to, to a charge in life that we are supposed to display Christ. And that's what yeah. I saw on Pastor Taylor when they shared that I did yeah. not do. And I just, I had to apologize to him. And it was probably the first time he received such a sincere apology from me since, since we've been divorced because yeah. I had 20 things that I knew he did that attributed but I didn't really sit and try to hear his heart on what may have been offensive to him or how yes. he thought, hey, you gave up on me, but you gave this person a chance and this person a chance. So when it came to me, the grace was gone. There were so many things. And so yeah. um, even if this does not end in marriage again, we have friendship that we hadn't had in a while because yeah. so much hurt. And he is literally, he's in my top five of friends. He's someone yes. that I depend on and um in ways that I can't depend on other people mm -hmm. and um I vow to do it differently this time even in friendship yeah. in, in friendship I'm taking my time to to relearn them and to get to know different things because a year has happened 
we both dated other people. We we've been out and we hung out and and but it also caused us to realize like people are whack. We're made for each other. I think that that's the that's the epiphany that we got to. But mm-hmm. it's not a settling because I don't want people to settle. Like if you and your ex husband or ex wife are good with being cool and that's it, and you guys just don't mesh well, you yeah. don't meet one another's needs with emotionally or financially or spiritually and there's no covenant there don't try to get yeah. into covenant and fix it yeah don't try to do that if you don't have two willing people that are willing to to fix some things and have those tough discussions before i do not suggest you just getting into it um that yeah. is not what i'm saying what i am saying is that we are two people who have come to the realization and we have discussed with one another like we are the best fit for one another. And that's something that Pastor Robert talked about because I always thought, you know, it's this is the I, I just really viewed love from a fairy tale stand. And yeah. that's probably the pretty woman is my favorite movie. Like good television. Like I don't feel like you gotta curse me out for it to be good. I don't feel like you gotta be vulgar and I gotta see a lot of like a bunch of crazy sex scenes for television to be good. And so, like, we just talked about the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls is so good, and it's funny, and it's witty. And they don't do all of those things somewhere. Well, now they, on TV now, they have to do things to uh, appeal to everybody. And so, like, shows are too chaotic. They're too chaotic because it's just too much going on on there. So I just like to watch trash TV. Okay. You know, I like to watch... Love is blind. We know this. I do. I, I haven't watched the first season, but it it was good. I this season, you can skip season two and three and just hop to season four and just be satisfied. Okay. I enjoyed. I try it. it. Um, this was my favorite season since season one. Okay. Um, too hot to handle. Super trashy. Um, there was one that was called the Ultimatum. I imagine if you if you ever went on a reality TV show, I feel like that would be the one for you. The ultimatum. Yes, if the ultimatum. Ultimatum happens to hear this. I if I'm not married, I'll be on ultimatum. No, let me tell you what it is. They've only had one season. And then they have ultimatum like other places like Paris or something like that. Well, but it's Paris. couples. It's couples. And one partner is giving the other partner an ultimatum nah and basically these people are married are not married that's why they're not married that's why i said i can see you on a show like this not that you yeah. go on and say me and lou be on there and we just got back right with each other I don't, no you wouldn't go on there now not now no yeah these uh-huh. are people that have been dating for a long time and they're saying like we've been together for all this time you do you want me or not? But this oh, no, is what they do. Oh, no, we're not having that problem. He want me real bad. Look, this is what they do on the ultimatum. So it's like four couples. Oh. And then they just throw the couples up in the air and rematch Dang. them. I wish we knew somebody we could tell to go on there. They rematch them. They throw the couples up in the air and they're rematched. With so new people? You're, with new people. Good God. With new people. And then at no. the end... At the what end if you fall in love with somebody else? So that's the thing. That's the thing. You have to decide if you're going to leave with your person or you're going to leave with the new person. Oh, I got to go watch that tonight. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. 
Oh, oh, I'm gonna binge watch it tomorrow since we're out of church. Oh, after I watched the online, after I watched the social from <laughs> Oh my gosh. Can you imagine going on there with a man and then a man saying he wanna go with Gina? Baby, I would tear that show up. I would tear, <laughs> I would tear that set down. <laughs> They are be in there kicking over stuff in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and we, Let me tell you. It's like when you go to the, go somewhere with your girlfriends and then your yes. girlfriend might meet somebody and be like, no, sis, we came together. We leaving we together. Yes. yes. Oh my God, Tia, that is crazy. The ultimatum. They need another season. It was set in Texas too. It was in Austin. They filmed it in Austin, Texas. With us Texas folk? With Texas folk. Man, they need a bring it to Dallas we got to see because I know some people it's got to be somebody that's been dating for 35 years and they still yes. trying to figure it out yes it's, it's, it was I was like oh my goodness what's gonna happen and you talking about something that'll be a good show for me heck nah, tell them people show up tell them people show up and then start praying in tongues no no, 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 no. I can't. The Lord knows some stuff I just got to stay away from. I'm barely, I'm barely committed to my ex-husband. I can't play that kind of stuff. Well, All right. So one last thing I do want to talk to you about, because I've been doing these, uh, like going through studies, devotional things like this. I actually just finished reading Fervent. Have you read Fervent? Fervent? Uh-huh. Yeah. It is it's about strategic prayer. I will actually pass it to you. Um it's Priscilla, Priscilla Shire. And it is yes, it's seven strategies for strategic prayer. And it talks about like if I were the enemy and I wanted to distract you, then I would focus on your pressures. I would focus on your relationship. I would focus on your insecurities. And so each chapter is like a pressure point. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's just seven chapters. It's super short, but it's yeah. like, and it covers, she uses the acronym pray. So like, and that acronym tells you basically how you should pray, especially over each of the things that she's talking about. So, you know, praise, repentance, ask, and then yes. So that's the, the acronym on there, but it was a really good book. But the one that I'm actually about to start, I don't know. Have you heard of The Circle Maker? Yes. Have you read that? I have not. So I just got it. I haven't started it yet, but okay. that's what I'm about to start reading. And I'm trying to find somebody that want to read it with me. I will so, read it with you. You know, I love yeah. a book. I can do about four or five books per month. So I like a book. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get better about it. And so like how I did with Fervent. I was like, okay, this is going to be my morning, my morning devotional. If I, I'm really bad at, I can't get up in the morning. Like I cannot get up. Have you morning. tried setting an alarm? Yes, I set an alarm. My alarm goes off at 5 a.m. Do you know? And I hit it and I say, nice suggestion every single time, every single time. My phone even goes to sleep mode at 9 p.m. Mine does too. Yeah. I heard your phone just sing to you actually. Um, that's, not, that's my 9 p.m. prayer. And which yeah, I have I been committed it. to for years. I am so committed to prayer, 5 a.m. prayer that I don't even use an alarm anymore. My body is up before five. And when you get to a place that you're very disciplined, um, you don't have to get out of bed. Like, I think that we overcomplicate it 
So I do appreciate like your girlfriend saying, instead of trying to be doing it every single day, maybe mm -hmm. starting one morning, but Priscilla Shire, Auntie Shira, Auntie P, Auntie Priscilla shared something one day as well about her prayer life, just how she's been so engulfed in it and, and been able to prosper in prayer is because <coughs> she goes outside of the box. So for me, 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. prayer is good because I always got up early, um, primarily around my grandma. That's what she would do. You got up early. She was up every single morning before the sunset, before the sun rose. And um, you would wash clothes and you would cook breakfast. So that's been a habit that I had before I took mm -hmm. prayer so intentionally and so intimately. So it's not a yeah. struggle for me. A, mm -hmm. More of a struggle for me is at noon trying to pray. So mm -hmm. maybe 5 a.m. isn't your time. No, I, the Lord, I know what the Lord has been requesting of me. Oh, well. Which is and time. You, and you two weeks in and ain't done it? It's time. It is time. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm no lie. Like I can, I just can't do it. Like getting up, unless I know I have to be somewhere. Oh, you do it for that. I don't okay. judge me. Yeah, no, yeah. no judgment. I can't like if I know I gotta be here at six, I can get up at five. But like it's it's hard for me, and I need to, and the Lord is asking me for my time. I know he's asking me for my time. I know he's asking me two things that I know the Lord is requesting of me right now is more time. And so that's why I have been trying and, and I've been really good about it. If I Waking up in the morning and doing a devotion. Um, but I don't want to wake up in the morning and do a devotional and be rushed because I can't wake up. In the morning. Mm -hmm. And then the other is spending more time in prayer, but not just like praying throughout the day. Cause like I can constantly just be like, and Lord, I think like, you know, going through my list of gratefulness and, you know, the praise and you know i i do that throughout the day but like getting into the closet on my knees and praying and that's not something like when i was young my nana um she when she because i feel like my nana was the one that taught us to pray um because my mom little known fact when me and dana were little my mom was in um nuclear power worked in nuclear power. Her and our dad worked in nuclear power in, I want to say, Virginia. So we lived with my nana and my granddaddy. And then they would come home because they were making really good money. They made really good money doing nuclear power. And so we stayed, we lived with my nana and my granddaddy. And then they would come home, you know, and come visit and spend weekends with us and this and that. Um, until my mom realized she was like missing out on our life and was like, I'm not doing this no more, which was probably like first grade. It wasn't like a long period of time, but I have very clear, which I guess they call them core memories of like, before going to bed, my Nana telling us to get down on our knees next to the bed and say our, our prayers. Right. And I got, I say my prayers every night, but I got away from the praying on my knees. And I feel like that's another thing that the Lord has been pushing on my heart about. Like, because when you get on your knees, you're in a place of complete surrender. 
right? And so sometimes I feel like, like even at church, but I'm like, if I get down on the ground, I might not be able to get back up. My toes are a little broken. <laughs> so I'm like, how am I doing this here? And so like, I've been feeling like the Lord is like, this is what I'm requesting of you. This is what I'm requiring of you. And so I'm trying to be like more intentional of going into my closet and getting on my knees and praying. And so I thank you because this week you forced me into my closet to pray. So one thing I'm which do, I did. I'm which gonna I did. Girls out. I'm, I'm gonna call <laughs> when 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 something I need to fast and pray. Yeah. I'm calling the girls out. And I only called out yes. people. It was very intentional. The Lord highlighted who I needed to tell, and I didn't tell other mm -hmm. people just to be telling. Yes. This yeah. is very, very intentional. And um, yes. I appreciate you bombarding heaven with me. Yes. I was and like, okay, I, I'm going into the closet before. You, you know went what? in the closet? Even, I went in the closet. I told you. you. You requested something of me this week. And I said, yeah. I got my friend. I got you, friend. And so yeah. I wasn't even late for work. I said, Lord, all right. Going in Let's, here. Look at that. I'm going in here. Let me pray for my friend. But along with praying for my friend, I'm gonna put in some requests as well because I'm I'm aligning my faith with her faith. Amen. And we shaking things up. That and we so believing, good. we are believing for our great fortune. Yeah. I mean they're literally here. We're just yeah. catching up with the timing of God. Everything that the Lord has done in our lives, it has been done in its completion. And yeah. so we're just getting there. We're just getting there and we're just walking yes. through the process. And I think that when we when we view it that way, like even with heaven, mm -hmm. when we view heaven as a complete thing, we, we're not looking for something to be made based upon our yeah. performance. The Lord yeah. loves to hear from us. He wants us to pray. We know those things. But everything that he has done, it is already complete prayer and stuff is for us. And honestly, yeah. it drives us. It, it gives us the faith to go on. It gives us another level of hope and strength. And, mm -hmm. and, and I believe that the more that you do it, the more you'll become so comfortable in it that you won't have to have an alarm clock. And you yeah. won't have to have this, this rhythm of it where it has to look a certain kind of way. And it'll be, it'll be a desire. Um, mm -hmm for you for that. I'm going to be praying that you would have a deeply rooted and yearning desire to pray mm -hmm. and, and that yeah. it, would, it wouldn't it would just be because an alarm clock is going off, but literally your heart is charged to get up and to bombard heaven and to, yeah. and to see on behalf of other people. I love prayer. Prayer is, when I tell you prayer is my thing, prayer is my thing. It is, it is, I learned, funny story, I learned how to pray in foster care. Oh, really? Um, the one of the women, my mom uh, struggled with addiction when I was growing up. And so one time in particular, I, I can't remember the details of it, but I know enough about it to know that um, she had gotten some bad drugs and had to be institutionalized. And mm. so um, during that time, I don't know why my family did not take me looking back over it. Um, I love to see things from the lens of God now being his daughter and being yeah. the identity of him and, and knowing just how his me mechanisms work, not knowing fully about him because we can never know fully of God, but there is a yeah. pattern the Lord has and the yes. way that he does things. And so um, I was thinking 
earlier in life, like where was my family? Because I had family. Like my, yes. my granny could have got me, my uncle, my auntie, anybody could have gotten me. And it did come to that later. But in this particular instance, I was in a foster home for a while and I learned how to pray in foster care because my foster mom would pray. Mm. And, and I was just mimicking what she did. And I believe that that is where the Lord introduced me to prayer. Um, yes. From then on, it just it just became a thing. And I was able to meet later on in life, maybe like five or six years ago, one of her biological daughters. And she remembered my mm. name. She said, you're so fine. Do you remember that? And she bought it up around my girlfriend. And my girlfriend was yeah. like, oh, God, it's a small world. But it was so good <laughs> to have somebody to come in and just kind of confirm what I yeah. knew took place. And so it, I, yeah. I learned to pray. And I learned that strength in prayer in such um, a vulnerable season in life and a season yeah. where I wanted to be mothered and I was looking for my mother and, and not understanding all that was going on. But even in the midst of that, the Lord was so gracious and so kind and so intentional about my future that that yeah. would be the path that I would have to take, that I would be able to journey the rest of my life as a conduit of prayer and intercession yes. and stuff. And so yes. that's how the Lord teaches us things. Yeah. He teaches us yeah. things as children. Cause I, I've shared this before. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but um, when Casey was little, um, she was premature and I prayed for her to come home. She was in the hospital for a long time. And so at seven, I learned that prayer works, right? And, but, and I held on to faith and like, you know how people lose their faith and struggle with faith because at that moment, I realized that faith, you have to have that childlike faith. So I've carried that, like, I believe for everything, like, yeah, I'm, I'm praying for this. It hadn't changed. I'm gonna keep praying because the Lord, this is my okay. granddaddy. You can have my granddaddy. A testimony party about faith. That yeah, faith is my jam. If you yeah. tell me that I that the Lord can't do it, oh, I will stay. I will turn down plates until I get back down to hundred pounds. Yeah, I know. I've just I've seen it. I'm with you. Like I've seen it too many times. Yeah. To know what other than like my my level of faith, that's why I passed to Matt, Pastor Mike Todd last Sunday was just so good. It just reignited my faith because yeah. I, I am that person. I am that person. And I really like, I really stand behind God's reputation of him yeah. just being God. And he's still yeah. performing. It's just about asking for those things anymore. Yeah. And it's about like the thing about it is, is like, are we praying in his will, right? Or are we just praying for what we want? Mm -hmm. So, and are what is what we at is what we are asking for within his will, or is it just superficial things, right? I'm just asking you to be my genie. And um, like, are we praying in doubt? Or are we praying in belief? Yeah, you know, just so all all the different it. things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh well, I just want this. So, Lord, please. Give me this, give me that, give me whatever, right? But my granddaddy was a prayer, and I didn't appreciate it. I what wish I appreciated it. I wish I appreciated it like more back then. Like I appreciate prayer now, like because I hope granddaddy look at me and say that that they I, they uh, really appreciate. Well, I hope my granddaddy would give a sermon over dinner. Kids. Okay, this prayer for the meal. Granddaddy's yeah, prayer for the meal. Because granddaddy was, understand when there was no meal. You know, we, we really yeah. take stuff for granted these days and, and we're so spoiled, myself included. 
you know, that I I literally, I started writing in my journal this week. I I pulled out a new journal just for what I'm grateful for only. Nothing else. Nothing else. Not, I'm not lifting nothing. Gratitude, a gratitude journal. It's literally just been... God, I think, and then it was just small stuff. I, and I started texting people and asking them daily, different people, what are they grateful for? Mm -hmm. You guys included. And it's been so fun to see just what people, I had one girlfriend who shared something with me. Then she came back. She said, well, how much more can I share? I said, baby, share as much as you want to. (laughs) And it just kept ding, ding. And I was not irritated at all. I read through all of them. And I was so grateful for her being grateful. You, yeah. this, I mean, I just asked people and it was, they just, only one person didn't respond every, and when that mm-hmm. one person didn't respond, I said, Lord, you're going to have to give me some, some grace with them. Cause who don't have something to be grateful for, but okay. It just, sometimes the day can, can bring you down. The day yeah, can but, bring you down to make you forget a little bit, but just only temporary. You can't forget for a long time. Just, yeah. yeah. And I just, I feel like, and just asking people that question, it just mm-hmm. caused them to stop and pause no matter what was going on and just kind of reshifting their day. Like, oh, yeah. Dang. It's, and that's what people- Sometimes we need the reminder. We need a yeah, reminder. Yeah, that's what I got from it. That's that's definitely what I got from it. I asked my ex-husband, he said, man, I'm grateful for a head full of hair. I still got all my hair. Like, I'm grateful for my granddaddy. I got good genes. I said, Lord, okay, thanks. That's, Thank that's, real, talk. that's real talk. That's real talk. I say this at the end of every single one of my podcasts. We could keep on going, but we literally- could continue to talk, but I think we've been on here for almost two hours. Yeah, we, um, we've done enough. I thank you for letting me chat. I've I had thank you for coming on time. here and chatting with me last minute. Um, yeah. I thank you for that. And if yeah. I need, I need another chat, please be on standby for me. I will. Um, you know, I got time. I got time to chat with you anytime. We locked in. Anytime. Yes. Thank you. And everybody, Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Cause this is this is real. This is real. We just talking, and y'all just got a little peek into the conversation. So thanks for hanging out with y'all, with y'all, with us. And th- so fine. Thank you for being on here again, girl. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank you.